0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today I'm here with Win and Woo. What's up? <laughs> so you're born in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you come from a musical family, or what is your... Um,
1: like, like my dad played piano, and, like, I took piano lessons when I was younger. Um, they're not musicians, by any means, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, like, they they all played instruments, and I guess I just, like, started taking it really seriously from when I was, like, a kid, pretty much.
0: So you knew from the onset that you would be in music, one way or another?
1: I didn't know. (laughs) I think (laughs) I, like, I, like, kind of hoped. Um... And like I was in bands and all that kind of stuff growing up. Uh, I used to like write songs on acoustic guitar and you know, it was kind of like more like in those emo days.
0: (laughs) So what were you listening to back then?
1: Uh, You know like Taking Back Sunday or um, like Under Oath, which was like some like super like metal stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, Motion City Soundtrack, Um, just like all those like kind of weird like indie bands and stuff. And I would always go and like see them and see those shows and was in a number of different bands um, throughout high school.
0: How else would you describe yourself back then growing up?
1: I played a lot of sports, so it was pretty much like sports and music for me mm. in high school. was um, pretty
0: different. I, stayed, I
1: know. <laughs> and I, I, I ended up staying out of trouble in high school. <laughs> that changed in college a little bit, but um, yeah, so it was like uh, my life was pretty much just like sports and then like band and stuff like or like being in bands mm-hmm. and stuff like
0: that and were your parents chill with you doing music back then like, yeah that, that potentially could be a career
1: yeah i i don't know if they ever thought it would be but they definitely when i was younger they pers- they like wanted me to play piano and they my dad always told me that if i quit taking the lessons that i would regret it for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and so like i just kept doing it and kept doing it mm-hmm. um and he was right like if i would have stopped doing piano like when I was younger maybe I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today so mm-hmm. yeah they've always been super supportive um, they've been really supportive of me doing this like from the, from the get-go so mm-hmm. that's been really awesome
0: and I think I read in a previous interview that you potentially wanted to be a scuba diver
1: oh yeah 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 um, so like I dive a lot with my family my mom and my dad are huge scuba divers. And going out of college, uh, my mom, like, I had the option as a college gift to either get a MacBook and like, in my music gear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I think I got, like, a MIDI keyboard and a Mac and, like a recor- like, a basic recording setup. Or go to Indonesia and become a dive master.
0: <laughs> wow. I know.
1: So it was actually, like, a really tough choice because I'm thinking in my head, like, holy shit, like, that would probably be the coolest thing ever yeah. to go to Indonesia and become a dive master. But, like, I don't know. Something in my heart was just like, you gotta do this, like, right now. The music thing. Because um, I knew I couldn't, like, take a break from it. I think I just had to keep going. Mm-hmm. So, um, I chose the MacBook instead. <laughs> and I still go diving every year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to the Galapagos next year, oh, actually. Nice, diving. that's
0: awesome.
1: Um, but, yeah, it's it's just kind of a, uh, like, a hobby um, for now, and you know, maybe when I'm older and want to take a break from music, I'll become a dive master, but I can always I do that. love that. <laughs> so.
0: And what did you study at Illinois State, right? Or yep,
1: Illinois yeah. State. That's where me and Wu met mm-hmm. and started playing frat gigs, like for yeah. sororities and fraternities and then eventually upgraded to bars and stuff like that. And Kind of worked that way up. What, what were you studying? Communications. Oh, okay. So I was a communications major, which pretty much pretty much means just like everything, yeah. <laughs> which was really nice. And uh, I somehow graduated.
2: <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it was it was good. I was able to get through like all my classes, but still kind of spent a lot of time working on music and mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Didn't you throw like a rock festival for your front?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I threw. It was called Mayday, and I was actually in a band at that time. Our mm-hmm. band was called PR, and I was the lead singer. Oh, really? And it was so bad. Like we were so bad. I actually like after that show, which was like a huge success. We like there was like like a, like thousands of kids came to our like this concert I built. We had like a semi truck stage. It was wow. it was great. It was a. I understand how promoters are stressed <laughs> out. though. It was the most stressful thing I've done in my life. I got kicked out of that band like a week like later, because, <laughs> because I was such a bad singer, like I knew I knew it was coming, like I knew it was gonna happen but yeah, so that was my last like singing thing I did <laughs> uh, and maybe I'll pick it up again someday, now that I got some new awesome autotune plugins oh, yeah. but that's about it
0: Wait, so you met through like DJing or how was it? Yeah,
1: actually, well like cause like he grew up in a really small town, close to my hometown mm-hmm which is also in Illinois, uh, a town called, I grew up in Bourbonnet, he grew up in a place called Danforth, but like he knew my friends, but I didn't know him like Mm -hmm. at all growing up. And then uh, I started DJing and he like saw me DJing and was like, ooh, I wanna learn how to do that. So I was like, sure, like I'll teach you. And he ended up getting us our first gig at like a sorority barn dance <laughs> I love and that. that's like where it all it all began
0: what yeah. kind of music were you playing out at that point?
1: well from the like the very first barn dance thing that we did it was like a lot of country music oh. and like rap like popular rap songs you know like like i don't even know like i can't name all the songs we were playing but it was just like whatever that people wanted to hear and then, like, at the very end of the night, we snuck in this, like, Where's Your Head At remix. You know mm-hmm. that, like, Where's Your Head At? Yeah. It was, like, the class remix, and it's, like, super electro. Mm-hmm. And we played it, and everyone went crazy and started jumping, and we were, yeah. like, Holy shit. This is great. Like, we, want we like, want to do this forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was before I feel like anybody really liked electronic music. hmm So it was kind of cool to be, like, on the forefront of, like, getting people to like electronic music. This is
0: back in 2010, right? Yeah. Yeah, 10, so, like, 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, and so like people weren't like really open to it yet. Like they still called it like te- everything techno. Oh you yeah. Know? They'd be like, are you really gonna play techno <laughs> all night?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was the turning point though that you got more into electronic music compared to the rock stuff? Uh,
1: the rock, oh well, I took like two years off of music in college, like uh, freshman year like I still played guitar a little bit and I don't know I just got like really discouraged and think I like just I don't know, I like kind of lost the drive to get better mm. just like kind of wasn't feeling inspired to continue pushing my musical abilities and then I got I like I kind of got lost like in those two years like just you know in a frat and like partying and all that shit and then like eventually like and like at one of my like lowest points, I feel uh, that's when I discovered like virtual DJ and DJing, mm-hmm. and that's what ultimately like took me from like a like a band musician to like starting to DJ and like doing the electronic thing for real.
0: What were the first electronic artists you were listening to at that point?
1: Uh, I remember Dead Mouse was like huge. Like mm-hmm. I was like. Obsessed with Dead Mouse because like just the whole the whole I- image and like the helmet and stuff. But yeah. I had some friends from Chicago that like um, used to like pass me a lot of like super underground like electro like electronic stuff, and I like loved that. Um, so I think that those were like a combination of like Dead Mouse, which is like kind of getting more mainstream. Bass Nectar was like an early one, mm-hmm. and Grizz actually too. Like really? early, early Grizz days.
0: hmm
1: Those are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Pretty lights. Those kind of guys.
0: Yeah. Well in Austin did you see that you wanted to be in a duo? Like what do you like about his personality?
1: What uh well we're like like kind of like polar opposites, <laughs> you know? Like as people. So like everything we've done is kind of like I feel like balance each other out. Mm-hmm. And uh so I think that that's why we work so well together for coming up on ten years. I think it's it's like nine it's this is nine years now Mm -hmm. so yeah just kind of like being polar opposites uh has really helped but yeah he's definitely you know my best friend and uh it's been great working with him for for the last 10 years.
0: How did you meet your management?
1: Um Joey met Joey I don't even know when it probably I mean it had to be at least five years ago Mm -hmm. and uh like he, at that point he was just like, hey like listen to my group Lewis the Child and he showed me some of their stuff and I was like, dang like these 14 year old kids are really good. And, <laughs> at, that, at that point I was like not even that good myself so I didn't really do much about it. I was just like, wow like I can't believe that that, that kid's making music that good. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I heard like one remix that they did and I was like, that's it. we have to like team up with these guys. And that's when we kind of like had a meeting with them, and tried tried to like kind of start building together in Chicago. And then like about a year later, Joey like approached us and was like, "Hey, I think we should like work together." And ever since then, we've been, you know, on the same team. Mm-hmm.
0: What made you decide to move to LA?
1: Uh, well, I've always wanted to live here my whole life. Uh, I hate the cold, same. but. I was just waiting for like the right time mm-hmm. and it felt right uh, like all I, I already had like a, a really awesome friend group out here, so I knew that would make it easier uh, to transition mm-hmm. and but yeah, mostly just for like the music opportunities, um, it's been awesome already just like feeling like I have an endless amount of singers and producers yeah, to I work with at yeah. all times it is it is great mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's why I moved out here. Yeah. But also, yeah, the weather's tight.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you think your music has changed compared to the early songs you guys made?
1: Actually, the other day we like just listened to a bunch of like really old things that we mm-hmm. made, and it was really fun. Um, I think we've definitely just gotten like way better and like at everything, like mixing and uh, sound design and stuff. But. Um, I think we're definitely like almost like coming back to some of like the the like the old things we used to do as far as like melodic sounds and bass sounds, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think we've changed like we change like every year, so like we just kind of like always make what we like. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a hard 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 to explain, but either way, I feel like what we started making, uh, which was like kind of more melodic, like, mid-tempo-y, like, housey kind of stuff is, like, what we like to make more now. Um, and we're just kind of trying to, like, do the best we can to, like, focus on mm-hmm.
0: that. What do you say have been your biggest challenges so far?
1: Um, I think, like, early on, obviously, like, the financial stress of things mm, was tough. Yeah. But I think all artists have that. And then, um... Yeah, I think just pushing through like those awkward points in your career, where like you're not sure what to make or you're not sure what the like right move is. Um, but again, I think that's like for anybody. I think overall it's been relatively uh, like awesome <laughs> and and easy. Yeah, the hardest part would just be kind of getting over your own mental blocks that you set up.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, we always keep
0: Yeah. Yeah. Last question, what do you guys want to be remembered for?
1: Um, We want to be remembered for uh, making other people have a really good time and feel welcome and Mm -hmm. loved. And that's what we always try to do, you know, like at our show, just make sure everyone has a good time and that uh, we can, you know, make as many new friends and new people smile as possible.
0: Yeah, I, that. I love that. This is awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Now I'm with Austin of <laughs> Win & Woo. What's up? <laughs> so you're born in Chicago as well, I guess. Um,
2: technically no. no. Um, so I grew up in like an hour and a half south of Chicago. So it's like 90 miles straight south of Chicago in a tiny, tiny town called Danforth. Mm-hmm. There's like 500 people, like really small. Like, just farmland and nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What kind of upbringing did you have? Like, are your parents musical or creative?
2: Um, no, actually. So, my dad, he, um, in... I guess it's a family business. My grandma came from China. I was
0: wondering your last name. Yeah.
2: My grandma came from China, basically opened a restaurant, and then it was just a family business from the time I was way back when, and then up until I was 14. So he's always worked in like the restaurant industry. My mom was kind of the same thing. Um, She was like, she owned her own pizza place. Uh, She owned like a cafe. Like she's always been, now she's a teacher. Um, But yeah, so neither of them were really creative. So I didn't really get introduced into music until I was a little older. And I would say like middle school when I was in like band and playing clarinet and stuff. And like, yeah, so like I didn't grow up in any kind of creative environment, which was interesting that I ended up going that way.
0: Mm-hmm. But you were super into, like you were, pr- uh, like the classical music, right? Like you took it really seriously back then.
2: Um, I mean I was like super into like band and chorus, I guess, yeah, chorus, as, as serious yeah. as you could be, like I was like all-state or whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that I kind of just like stopped doing all music in general like up until like college actually, like which was interesting. Yeah. And then I met some friends in college and we kind of just like started vibing on music and all that and it kind of just like reignited it and then I ended up meeting Nick mm-hmm. and just kind of went from there.
0: <laughs> How would you describe yourself back then growing up outside of the music aspect? Oh
2: man, I was a very very shy kid. I was like, like uncomfortably shy <laughs> to where I would be like, any chance I could would be avoid human interactions. <laughs> but um, then I kind of like, as I got older I got into sports and I think going into sports and being part of like teams and stuff like that really opened me up as far as like socially and so I was definitely went from the really quiet kid to the kind of, not obnoxious, but <laughs>
0: But did you do well in school?
2: Uh, yeah, I was always really good in school. It was just kind of came easy to me. Mm. Like I never really studied or anything like that. Which, like, I normally have to apply myself pretty pretty hard to like really get it. But, I don't know, something about school is just easy. Which was kind of nice, because mm. I didn't have to try that hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what kind of career did you think you could... At that point, because you wanted to get more into, was it like banking or anything, right?
2: Yeah, it was like uh I wanted to be like, I didn't want to work on Wall Street, (laughs) but like I wanted to like be a part of like a Fortune 500 company back then. Yeah, I went to school, like I went to college with the intention of being an accountant. So it was like I thought I wanted to be an accountant for the rest of my life, which was would have been the biggest mistake of my life.
0: (laughs) Well, why that though? Because put your parents. I mean. Ah.
2: Did they I honestly
0: tell you to do a No,
2: like my parents were like very open with like whatever I wanted to do like it's fine. Like my dad was always the kind of like I feel like typical Asian family where it's like as long as you're making money and you know, you're successful and then my mom's like a very kind of like a hippie-ish person so she was you know like follow your passions, follow your dreams, like do all that. And somehow I ended up in the not even the middle of that, so I ended up in mm-hmm. accounting. <laughs> Which, yeah. do um, Did I you guess, like it though? Yeah, I think at the time it was just like, again, like school stuff can't be easy to me, so numbers was easy and like I was good at it. And it was just kind of like something that clicked when I was in high school and I was like, okay, I could do this. So I like declared my major before I even went to college that I was going to be an accountant and work on some f- huge fortune 500 company like
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what was the turning point in college that you wanted to take it music more seriously
2: honestly I think we me and Nick had like a, a shared moment where we had just started DJing um, I was like DJing in frat houses he was doing the same thing and we played this sorority dance, which was just like a barn dance, so it's like country music for the most part and like we're DJing it. No one really knew what it was, but everyone was having so much fun and there was so much energy that like it was like that turning moment where it's like a aha, like whoa. Like we should do this, like this is amazing. Like I wanna feel this way all the time. So I think that was like the day we decided.
0: So who were the first electronic artists that you started listening to first?
2: Um I think it was more definitely like the Dead Mouse, um, Flux Pavilion. Oh, so you
0: guys are listening to this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: definitely. Um, and then like from there, I gra- like gradually moved to like more Euro progressive house. So like I started like really deep into like an Twenty One and Steve Jello, like the Swedish House Mafia guys, and then like branched out from there and just kept going. But I think honestly, the first electronic song I ever heard was probably from Dead Mouse.
0: Did you ever put stuff out solo before you guys met?
2: Um, no. I actually, we didn't even start, I didn't personally start making music until after I had met Nick. Um, at the time we were just DJing and like, learning how to do that. And then he kind of introduced me into Ableton, and that was when like I really started. Like, this is fun, like I used to play music back in the day, like I had no idea what I was doing, but uh, yeah, no, never anything solo before that, so...
0: Mm-hmm. And the first momentum that you got was from the remix, right? Was it Bryce, or...? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yep. Um, That was, like, definitely a turning point for us when we realized, like, wow, like, this style of production that we've been doing, like, could be something cool, so we kind of just, like, ran with that.
0: And how did that remix even get on the viral charts? Was that your, like...
2: I don't song? even know, because, like, Spotify at the time was, like, not new, but, like... I don't think like a ton of people were using it. And then we just like had uploaded it. I I like botched the upload. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like me, us, and Bryce Fox were the artists, like as mm-hmm. one group. And so, like, if you search it, it only comes up as Wendemoo and Bryce Fox, oh. <laughs> which is hilarious because I didn't know what I was doing. I just learned how to use TuneCore <laughs> and put music out through that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we put it out and it kind of just like started getting picked up by I don't know who heard it or Uh, how they
0: how far into it after you established the duo was it like a few months or
2: for that that remix yeah ooh um I think we were like probably like four or five months in
0: oh so like relatively quickly you guys were yeah
2: cause like we started well so we started (laughs) we had another project before Win & Move really together
0: what's the name it was
2: called Dirty Noise and it had ones as I's like the number one is I's and a Z and it was just like super generic. Like, we just figured out how to make house music, and Electro House was huge. So, like, we were like trying to make like Electro House mm-hmm. and like progressive like electro stuff. And like, um, so we did that from like basically when we met, we were DJing as Dirty Noise, and then we started making music and kind of did that. And like, you can still. Find it on the internet, if you search hard enough, <laughs> you can find some like really bad remixes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the next big momentum was the Oliver Heldens, right?
2: Yeah, that was cool. Um, that was our first like time that like a label had ever reached out to us and like, hey, like, do this like, do this remix for us or whatever, because they had been listening to our, our other remixes. And um, we were at the time hanging out with this kid named Kizo, who was also on the track with us. Uh, we like did a collab with that remix. And he like kind of had like a really chill house music sound, and we had like the chill mid-tempo stuff. So like we just melded those two together, and yeah, I did that. And it was really cool to like put a song on a label for the first time, even though it was just a remix. But still,
0: yeah. And how far after did you start realizing you needed to focus on original stuff and stop like not remix as much? Yeah,
2: um, I think it was really like like a year, basically a full year into it. We were just like. It was like not even that we shouldn't focus on remixes. It's like us personally, we're like, hey, like, I want to do something original for once and like not use someone else's vocals. And I think it was like a year in when we decided, like, hey, like, let's take a step back from the remixes we've done, like, I don't know, eight or nine already, which is a lot, and really focus on like what we want Win and Woo to sound like going down the road and whatnot.
0: Was that easy for you to, like, know how to work sessions, work with singers, stuff like that?
2: No. That was, like, like a hard learning curve. Like, at first, we were basically just, like, I don't know, emailing singers, because, like, we didn't know anyone in Chicago, and, Mm. like, I don't think I've still met a singer from Chicago we've worked with, (laughs) which is kind of (laughs) crazy. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: But then, actually, we uh, we met a girl named Ash. Mm
0: -hmm. She
2: was in Nashville, and um, she had heard one of our remixes on Twitter, and so... She was already a songwriter, and so when she came, she came up to Chicago to write the song "Recognize" with us, or it turned into "Recognize." Um, we had just met, and she like kind of like jump started our songwriting process for us, which was cool. And then, um, yeah, I think after that, we kind of fell in love with it and yeah. like, really wanted to keep being a songwriter.
0: How did you meet Lily Palace?
2: So the guys at Lily Palace, um, one of our buddies started working for them. Um, he's a fellow Chicago kid. And uh, so he started doing the a r for them, and we had put that we had put a song called "Tea Time" out for a free download on SoundCloud. And um, he heard it. And he's like, "If you don't put this out on Spotify, you're an idiot." Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, okay." And then so he's like, "Let's do it at Lowly Palace. Um, we'll have that like, come out in a month or so." So, being a previous release song, we're a little unsure, and then. He said we're going to do it, so we have a song called Tea Time coming out in four weeks, give or take. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you like about Nick's personality that made you want to be in a duo?
2: I love Nick because he's so, like, he's so Nick. <laughs> I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. Like, It's funny because we're polar opposites as far as like most of our personality traits he go. said
0: that also. Yeah,
2: we're like, totally, like, we listen to different music, like... He's a morning person, I can stay up until the middle of the night, like, um, uh, which I think is what really w- works for us, because, like, we have common interests that bond us together, and then we compliment each other where we don't, which is kind of perfect. But, yeah, he's also pretty funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you think you guys have grown as a team?
2: Uh, oh man, like, we've grown from, like, you know, being college buddies who just got fucked up all the time, to, like... I got considered like a brother, like his family treats me like family and vice versa. And, you know, we're going on, this is year nine, so... Wow. It's been a long and prosperous friendship. Yeah. Yeah, we've gone from like literally friends to like actual brothers, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty rare.
0: (laughs) What does love mean to you?
2: Um, It really means everything. Like, what's the point of doing anything if you don't have someone who you love and they love you back to share it with, you know? So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you guys want to be remembered for?
2: I just want to be remembered for making awesome music that touched someone's lives in some way. Um, I think one of the coolest things recently was like the song we just put out right in front of me. I had a text message from a kid who said like, you know, he's been playing it on repeat because it's been getting him through some really really hard times. Oh, wow. About how he feels stuck in this small town that like he can't get out. Mm. and he's been trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life and he kind of really grabbed onto the message that like it's literally just like right in front of him like his passion is music he wants to pursue it so like it kind of like he said you know he's really gonna like take it more seriously and like that was like the craziest thing to me like yeah for that to impact someone like that like a song that we wrote just together like having fun in one day and it does that you know I think that's what I'd want to be remembered for is doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I love that. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Of
2: course.
1: Bye. Bye.